Hey there, I'm Sid. I'm Anand. I'm Siraj. Welcome to A Different Lens, where we look at issues, developments, and culture using a variety of perspectives. Today, we're exploring some of the most popular TV shows and movies from the year so far, and are looking forward to new ones. But yeah, no, a lot of stuff came out in, in, in the recent days, and, and with Disney+, Plus, there's a lot of new TV shows and movies that everybody's talking about. They're all over social media, and we just can't get enough of them. I had one of the best movie-watching experiences actually last year, but kind of ties into this year as well with Spider-Man No Way Home. And I wanted to go into the podcast with a severe spoiler warning for Spider-Man No Way Home, because although I said the year so far, we're talking about it because we just can't not, right? So severe spoiler warning. If you haven't seen the movie, you don't want to get spoiled. I'm sorry, but maybe uh, skip ahead a bit. Yeah, we'll be talking about some other stuff as well. But I wanted to talk about it because I know Siraj, Anand, you, we all went to watch the movie in theaters together. And yeah, that was probably one of the best theater experiences I've had since, I guess, Endgame. I mean, wow. Yeah. That was so good. What do you guys, sure. what do you guys feel about that? Yeah, I know. I remember like in the theater, again, spoiler warning, I'm going to start the spoilers. So like when Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire came in, there was like the biggest cheers I've heard since... since probably Endgame or one of the Star Wars movies and then like the the gasp when he saves MJ from when Andrew Garfield saves MJ from falling again big 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 cheers so it was one of the I think I think Marvel set it up in a way that it would it would do enough fan service without like spoiling the plot of the movie and evidently it did not disappoint because there was a lot of fan service this contrasts with earlier movies like some of the Star Wars movies where Hmm. there was a little bit too much fan service and not too much uh, actually going on there or the stuff that was actually going on wasn't wasn't very exciting Sid you know you know what I'm talking oh, about here the Star Wars movies I can't I can't talk about it because we'll go over like the hour 30 mark on that but <laughs> yeah on and hit the nail on the head this really really sold the whole tension everybody with the hype going up to the movie was unbelievable I was I'm 16 years old, jumping up and down with joy, waiting for this movie like I'm a little kid. And I think the fact that the movie could bring something like that out in me again is just so wonderful. So, Raj, what do you think? I mean, yeah, just the experience itself just gave you goosebumps. Like, right when, even when, like, Andrew and Toby, like, on and said, when they came in, and even for those of you doing your homework at home and keeping score, uh, when Matt Murdock's Daredevil came in, like everyone just went crazy. And oh, I think yeah. it was kind of like one of those moments when like when Captain America picked up the hammer in Endgame, like you yeah. just didn't expect it. It was crazy. Like, yeah, you, you had to be there to experience it, really. And yeah. I think the best part about No Way Home is that it really sold us on this new part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe now. Because, you know, we're seeing with the newest, newest stuff that's coming out, that they're embracing this idea of the multiverse. But the movie itself, Spider-Man, was just was just amazing. And I think yeah. they really sold us on the hype. I remember watching all the interviews beforehand of, of Toby and Andrew, and they're all just, they're straight up lying to our face about whether they're in the movie or not. <laughs> it, it's, it's honestly so funny how hard they try to hide it. They, they, they say it's doctored. They say they don't know about that. Um, and I think it's, it's great. And I think they're doing some other stuff with that with some newer projects that are coming out, but we'll get there eventually. Yeah. So in terms I of like Spider-Man, the... Oh. oh, you go. Yeah. 
I think honestly, just Spider-Man as a whole opens up so many doorways, right? Like even with the after credit scene, I'm going again, another spoiler here, but with Venom being left behind in the MCU, we know we're going to get another interpretation of Venom, which is, we don't know if it's going to be Tom Hardy or someone else, but we know it's going to be good. So that opens up one door and we have this transition now with, like Sid said, the multiverse and we're going to really get the whole the whole multiversal experience with uh, Doctor Strange's new movie coming out on May 6th. Yes, but in terms of like just going back to the Spider-Man for a little bit, um, what do you guys think about that ending? Because I know how, again, massive spoilers. I think we've said this enough, but I'm going to keep saying it because 100%. I have on, been on the giving end of spoilers as Sid so well, so dearly knows. But... Yes, Anand, Anand has in the past been the the source of much of my frustration but he's changed yes. he's a changed man a better yes. man i'm a better yeah. man I'm, i've learned from my mistakes but in that at the end of the movie when peter when nobody essentially remembers peter you have to think about the direction that that marvel is actually going to go with spider-man because i think sid you said that they're thinking about an, a, another trilogy with exactly. tom yeah. holland so you you have to wonder what's like they're left to do is he just gonna revert to the same old fighting bad guys and happy ending or is it going to be something new something probably to do with the multiverse as like we see the trend that's taking shape but what do you guys think and also the introduction of or possible introduction of ned as hobgoblin is 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 quite interesting I mean, I honestly think they're going to take a more comic book approach with this because, you know, the, like now that Peter Parker has a clean slate, you can go anywhere with the character, like anywhere you want. I think they kind of like hinted at this with uh, when, again, spoilers, but when Doctor Strange is trying to fix reality from breaking and you saw these enemies coming in, uh, they were they were about to come in like from other universes, but you saw people like black cat and craven the hunter and scorpion and like other characters that you wouldn't really expect to see in an mcu movie but now that peter parker has his own clean slate it opens up possibilities for maybe like we will see this see those people in the future and actually i mean i'm pretty sure craven craven the hunter has already been cast and has like a project in the works so you know that they're going to take a more comic book approach especially with their new costume that they gave peter parker yeah what do you mean by comic book approach just for like the fans out there you know, I think they're going to mostly go with like a Peter Parker, like solo style with like the not really relying on the Avengers and Tony Stark or Doctor Strange to like segue into the movie. But maybe him just like kind of like you said, good old fashioned combat and him solving problems on his own. Yeah, I pretty much to agree the friendly with neighborhood Spider-Man. Pretty much sure. agree Raj said there, though, because I mean, throughout the main criticism you see of movies like Homecoming and Far From Home. Is that it's a little Iron Man Junior. That's that's the word that goes around, yeah. Yeah. And not in, not entirely wrong. Iron Man basically takes the place of Uncle Ben for those movies. And when watching No Way Home, you get the feeling that um, you you get the feeling that they recognize that this this problem and they wanted to give Peter Parker a new slate. So the whole overarching trilogy, my prediction, my suspicion is that Peter Parker wasn't initially supposed to have that origin story of Ben Parker and everything. But then with No Way Home, it recontextualizes the whole trilogy in that this is a different Peter Parker. This is a different origin story. Aunt May dying in this movie represents that this whole trilogy was his origin story. Becoming Spider-Man, being bitten by the spider was never 
the Spider-Man's origin story. And I think the comic books have even, even expressed that. And I think what Siraj said about taking a more comic book approach is exactly what's happening. Peter Parker should be living in a crappy apartment. Peter, Peter Parker is the everyman, a boy that is beat down at every point in his life and somehow gets back up. A wonderful man who realizes that using his gift to protect others is his sole responsibility. And sometimes balancing that with his own life is the struggle of Peter Parker and that story that captivates us all for years now. And I think this clean slate that it's given us is incredible. I have very few complaints with No Way Home, which the only ones being that a little bit of the, the, the villains that it presents, got, uh, Green Goblin, Willem Dafoe's Green Goblin, and for example, Dr. Octopus, are all villains that are based off of a different character. So for example, Tobey Maguire or Electro based off of Andrew Garfield, all villains that don't really have too much of a connection to Tom Holland. And the villain problem is something that I feel has been prevalent throughout the Spider-Man trilogy so far. Um, for example, Vulture had a problem with Tony Stark and not with Peter Parker. Mysterio had a problem with Tony Stark and not Peter yeah. Parker. And these villains here don't really have a personal problem with Peter Parker at first. I will say the Green Goblin in this movie has it sold me completely. I love yeah. the role of the Green I Goblin. I think William Willem Dafoe is like meant to be like the villain actor. And I think he's meant for that role, just the way he talks, the way he holds himself. And that scene where he like where he stabbed like um Spider-Man, that was very very good for yeah just for, like just like that yeah. just like how robert downey jr is iron man willem dafoe yeah. is the green goblin yeah yeah especially in that scene when like uh peter parker is just like going at green goblin like punching him across the face and he's like taking every punch and like just laughing at like every punch yeah. that peter parker is giving him so you know it's like it's that's not just like willem dafoe like that's that's green goblin it's like actually scary to watch that yeah, yeah. it's incredible just just watching that whole yeah scene and the whole idea that now peter parker has no one that he's made the ultimate sacrifice there's a few things that are like plot holes um for example why didn't he just ask everyone to forget that mysterio revealed his identity i hate to poop on the party but it, i mean it just makes sense yeah. right but you know sometimes you have to look past the plot holes and just appreciate the movie for what it was and what it tried to do and what it did is that it reset Peter Parker and gave us that iconic Spider-Man story. It gave us a new origin and redefined the character in yeah. so many people's eyes, which is uh, I yeah. think, a marvelous accomplishment. Another thing is that like with everybody having forgot Peter Parker, that clean slate comes with a clean slate of villains because no villain has like is going to remember Spider-Man or based on what we what we know right now. This may change in the multiverse of madness, but which we'll talk about later. But like like nobody's gonna remember spider-man but nobody's also gonna like none of nobody's gonna be against him so i think he's just gonna be like the original in the original few movies where he's just you know fighting the like in the ending scene where he listens to that police radio i think that's like it's kind of be it's gonna be more like that and it's gonna involve evolve into something so basically just start another trilogy like we did when we switched from toby Maguire to andrew garfield to tom holland and now tom holland part two i guess and I think I think now that like Peter Parker, I mean, it might be a little bit more opportunistic for him. Uh, you know, Doctor Strange is we're like kind of transitioning into the, the multiverse of madness. But I think Doctor Strange is left with the blame of kind of like what, how Mordo said in the trailer, like the desecration of reality. Like, like mm -hmm. Doctor Strange by him creating these two different spells, one to uh, make everyone 
forget that he was Peter Parker and then kind of like the spell broke at first, which kind of caused all this like series of events. But then how it, it kind of worked a second time when he created the uh, the second spell to make people forget who Peter Parker was. Um, when he's using these different spells, he's like kind of like messing up the multiverse. And now that leaves like, I guess the best way to put it is a multiverse of madness. Uh, and now we're going to kind of talk a little bit about that and our theories for how that movie is going to yes. turn out. Yes, so I am not as up-to-date on the trailer. I mean, I've watched the trailer. I've watched, like, breakdowns, which is up-to-date, but you two are a little bit more up-to-date. So how about you take it away? Go for it, Suraj. I think you got this. So, all right. So I think the best way to put it is, like, Doctor Strange has to fix everything that happened, right? Like, if you... uh, Again, this is kind of, like spoilers but just uh if you haven't yet please go ahead and just watch the doctor strange trailer it's it's just cap- it's like captivating so please okay. go ahead and just watch that but you have so many theories circulating doctor strange right now sorry <laughs> the galaxy buds yes oh Siraj is having a little bit of technical Siraj's Siraj's mic is is probably uh, a very it's a very variable factor so our our son Siraj here is is messing with that, isn't that right? right? I think I'm back now. Oh good. Yes, you're right. So Doctor Strange is left with fixing everything that kind of that he created. You see all these now, like it brings in so many different characters and so many different possibilities because, like the the Marvel universe is beyond just like what we think. It includes people like Loki, X Men, the Fantastic Four, all these different people that you really wouldn't think of when you hear. The Marvel Cinematic Universe that opens the, the door for the, them to actually enter the MCU, and so now that he, Doctor Strange is left with the responsibility, he has to kind of like formulate his own team and figure out a way to stop all this madness from like wreaking havoc on the multiverse. Now, Siraj, Siraj, did you say X Men? Yeah, no. I did say X Men. So again, this is this is if oh. you if you haven't watched the trailer. I wanted to ask, was that Professor X in the trailer? Was that him? I think it was. I think I actually read something today. I think um, Patrick Stewart or Sir Patrick Stewart actually did confirm that he is in the movie and he'll be playing, or what we think is Professor X. I'm pretty sure it's true. Not sure if it's a reliable source, but I think we thought that he uh, has guaranteed or has like confirmed his appearance in the Multiverse of Madness. And and also, did you say did you say Fantastic Four? I did, did say, say Fantastic, Fantastic Four. Four. So. Did you... So the, the biggest theory behind the Fantastic Four and the X-Men and all this is uh, we think the main, I guess, villain or maybe the main, like, character is uh, the Illuminati within Marvel, right? So I think that's a, it's basically comprised of uh, different variants of, uh, like, Mr. Fantastic from the X-Men, uh, Patrick Stewart as uh, Professor X, I think a variant of Captain Marvel, and a variant of Iron Man, I think Superior Iron Man is what it is. Which is, if you haven't heard, people are theorizing that Tom Cruise will be playing. Um, sorry, is my mic okay? No, it's not. No, it's. So oh. I'll fill in for I'll fill in for Siraj here while he's um, taking care of that. I looked it up just now. IGN.com. This is this is Sir. Pa- I'll do my best Sir Patrick Stewart impression. I didn't actually recognize my own voice. It sounded different. Whether I had a cold or something at the time, I don't know. But I was astonished. And they all saw was the back of all they saw was the back of my shoulder, and I think my earlobe, nothing else. I think the, that there would have been so many connections made. Please me, 
if that's a good Sir Patrick Stewart impression, then thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. If it wasn't, then thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. it. Yes. But yes, it wasn't. That's good. I don't think it was. I think but, I, Well, let's go do, with it being. Do a rhetorical analysis on this right here. Um, God. He's in it. Dude, if you go on Multiverse of Madness, you look up Multiverse of Madness and look at the cast, it says Patrick Stewart, Charles Xavier, and there he is, you know, smiling away, his handsome self. That's incredible. That's incredible. It's really, it's really changing the game mm-hmm. here. And I think that's something that Multiverse of Madness has done. It's, it's really allowed for this kind of expansion, this, this kind of new opportunities, which it creates a variability in the MCU that is honestly stunning. And I think yeah. is honestly just, it, it, it can captivate so many people. We have so many ways to go with this concept. Yep. And at first, with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, there's a lot of there's a lot of things. So I watched the Disney's investors meeting. I think I don't remember what year, but it was a while ago when they announced Kenobi. Um, but I watched that and I saw all the projects that they were announcing, and I got this feeling. I got this feeling that maybe this is too much. Maybe we're losing what we had with Iron Man and Captain America and what, what, what ended with Endgame. And I understand that that kind of era is over now and we're opening something new, but I wanna know what you guys think. Do you think it's getting too much now with the MCU or there's still a lot of places to go? I mean, I think it's getting too much for my small brain to handle all remembering all of the facts. Cause like remembering all of the Avengers and all their movies was quite, quite enough. But now I think like, Marvel never really did justice to the comics with like one Iron Man, like two, three Iron Man movies and a few Captain America movies and like those kind of movies. But there's so much more in the comics than what was portrayed on screen. And I think they're kind of trying to trying to fix that and go back to the comic book roots. But at the same time, the comics, they have like over thousands of volumes for a good reason, because like you're not going to remember all the characters from each comic book. It's just it's meant to be kind of like a passing thing. I think the multiverse is Marvel's basically excuse to have, find a way to pull all those characters onto the big screen. And I think it's worked from what we've seen in uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. But then again, that wasn't really many new characters. That was just rehashing old characters. So this multiverse of madness is going to be really, really, really pivotal in seeing whatever, like whatever Marvel does like what direction they want to take with introducing tons and tons of new characters and just hoping we'll remember it or like slowly edging us in one by one. And I think there's two directions that the multiverse of madness can really go, right? Like I think there's one way it can go is like there's too many characters, too many different like plot twists and too much going on. But then on the other hand, you see that they could take it in a good way and like use only specific characters that are add to the plot in the future, right? I think the way they're able to handle this and add in the necessary characters but not make it too much, if they're able to do that, then I think the movie will be very successful, not only in itself, but for setting up the future of the MCU. And I think think what you said was definitely correct there. The more characters that, you know, it's adding the correct amount of, of characters to make it so that it's not too much, but it just opens up new horizons, which is honestly pretty, you know, great for the MCU. And I think that um and honestly i think i think going into the mcu there is is 
New Horizon. I just hope it's not too much. Because I saw like a I Am Groot show. Was it for babies or something? I mean, look it up, dude. It, it, no is way. Is it for babies? I don't get it. It's, no way. What's the point of it? Hang on. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to do a, a quick search here. I Am, I am Groot. Groot show. Yeah, there's so many different shows that they're coming out with. You have like Secret Invasion, and I think that's talking about like the Kree, or not the Kree, um, the Skrulls. And you have like Armor Wars, which is talking about like a continuation of Iron Man, and I Am Groot, and yeah. the Fantastic Four show coming out. There's so much that's going on. It, it may get to a point where it's too much, but honestly, I think the best way we'll be able to tell is time and see how, how they're able to adapt this. Because I think that's kind of what we thought going into Marvel yeah. with. Uh, WandaVision and uh, Captain America and I'm sorry, Falcon and the Winter Soldier and like, all these different shows that we really wouldn't think of possible before Endgame, but now we really like and are enjoying at this point. Endgame. Yeah. But the other thing is those those shows they took characters that we knew, characters that we knew and we'd we'd seen in other movies, and like made made like gave them a backstory. But this is just I think. If you go back to like um, what in uh, Age of Ultron, like that Avengers movie, that basically introduced Wanda Maximoff and I guess Ultron. Correct yeah, me if people, I'm wrong. People really overlook how important that movie was. It got it gave us Wanda. It gave us her co- trauma. It gave her it gave us Vision. Yeah. Um, it inter- really introduced the Infinity Stones. Um, what else did it give us? It gave us Why yeah, but it. It just introduced like characters wise it just introduced those two mm-hmm. and then like each movie kind of successfully introduced one like two 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 but when i'm looking at this multiverse of madness trailer i see like two names that i know and that's dr strange and wanda maximoff so like that's that's the only thing that i might like it'll be really great for people like sid who've actually read the comics and are nuts over this stuff but for like the average marvel viewer like myself, it's it's gonna be interesting. I have no doubt that Disney will be able to pull it off, because they've shown that they they can pull it off with other things in the past. It's just a question of how well they do it. And I think I think one character, like kind of like you said, like you didn't recognize a lot of characters. I think one character that really, that really exemplifies this is uh, America Chavez, right? Like if you don't read the comic books, if you don't like keep up with this kind of stuff, you honestly don't know like any one like who these people are. But like. For, I think for me and Sid, because we've done our own reading and read the comics a little bit, we know like relatively who these people are and how they're going to impact the movie. Uh, if you don't know, I think America Chavez's powers are like super strength, durability, um, speed. I think she can also create like portals between different worlds. So I think that's how how we're going to see a lot of the uh, introduction of uh, different characters. <laughs> <laughs> So I think what Siraj is saying there <laughs> is that um, we're seeing introduction of characters like America Chavez, who has, you know, some in- insane superpowers. Uh, yeah. And um, that's that really opens up New Horizon. <laughs> Sorry. All right. Sorry, it's just it's just Siraj's mic has Siraj. has, a, has a bit it's of okay. issues. Okay. Listen to that, it happens. It happens. But um, what he what he was saying is that it's opening up yeah. New Horizons as far as that goes. So I think and- yeah, go ahead. I just I wanted to ask the question: What is the Illuminati? I think Siraj mentioned it before, but what is the Illuminati in Marvel? Like, so I think I think I think I think I'm gonna leave that information open for right now because it, it might be a little a little 
important later on. Yeah, but I will say that the Illuminati is is a lot like, you know, it's very secretive and it'll bring in new characters that will kind of change the game here. But mostly it'll stay in the multiverse for now. So I wouldn't worry about it too much. Just look out for the movie. But is it like, is it like the Illuminati that we all know that like the influencing US government or is it like a, some superhero Illuminati? Um, I think that if I give that information out, it might <laughs> ruin a little bit of the, okay. Cards on the table here. I just texted Anand. I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'm yeah, just BSing. Okay. We'll see. Okay. I'm excited to learn. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. Okay. But also that, that Multiverse of Madness trailer, really, really, really cool stuff. And then let's go to some, another thing, another one of Disney's projects. Um, how about we jump to Star Wars? Mm-hmm. I know Sid and I are avid star wars watchers like we have very very avid star wars watchers yeah we're 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 big boys on that one and the newest project for star wars was the book of boba fett all right and the book of boba fett i have a lot of thoughts on it um and i I think i think i'll start out the the discussion here but boba fett was kind of the sequel to the mandalorian and mm-hmm. if you haven't seen The Mandalorian, it's that's one of the best Star Wars shows out there. Again, um, spoilers, big, big, big spoilers. Ah, right. Thank you, Anna. Big spoilers for yes. The Mandalorian and Boba Fett. See, this is me trying to correct like my past wrongs. Right. This is Anna helping all of y'all when Sid could not be helped. So I know you're welcome. I really, guys. I really appreciate that, Anna. You know, that's that's growth. That's change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Luckily, I haven't been affected. Yeah, I'm back now. I think my mic is a little Whoa, bit. Whoa! There he is. Hey, yes. Yeah. Welcome luckily, back. Luckily, Welcome I back. have not been impacted by spoilers. <laughs> the only thing I, the only thing I had spoiled for me was Endgame, but that's a, that's another. That's a, that that's wasn't a, my fault. That wasn't me. No, that no, we all me. know whose fault that was. Yes. But we're not gonna say it. So. Yes. Um, but we're on we're on Star Wars now, Siraj. So um, we're talking about the Book of Boba Fett. And I wanted to mention that the the book of Boba Fett, spoilers again, um, is not what not what I expected it to be. Like, I don't know. When I was watching the show, I expected something a little bit with more substance. And I saw that the book of Boba Fett had a hard time figuring out what it wanted to do with the show and what it wanted to do with the character. If you think about how much Boba Fett changes throughout the show, I, I don't see as much of it. What did you guys think about that? Yeah, I know I'm like halfway through the show and um, too much of the show has been spent hunting for little black melons with water on them. I think that's like half the plot points of the first two episodes. It's so I really, I don't see like, there's nothing, I guess like we all wanted to know what happened to Boba Fett after he got out of the Starlight, Starlight pit, but we didn't want to know this much about what happened to Boba Fett after he got out of the Sarlacc pit. So it provides some background, but I feel like that background could have been done in a lot less time. And Disney could have taken a lot more liberties with what Boba Fett, what Boba Fett did after that. And like after he recovered and got out of the Sand Raiders, um, yeah, like 100%. what think, he could I have done. Had, I think if they had focused mainly on how he left off after leaving the Mandalorian, 
or after like the Mandalorian, like like the team kind of broke up. I think if they had focused mainly on that, I think that would have been like a different perspective that they would have taken. But the problem is, I think they're they're trying to like they're still in that battle between his past and his present, right? I think if you're focusing too much on that conflict between like how his past is impacting him now, I think like Anand said, like it's interesting to know, but we don't want to. I, I guess as viewers, we don't want to know how yeah. he became like the leader of like the Tuscan Raiders and that kind of stuff. <laughs> I know, like, I know. <laughs> and I think the show has trouble balancing that. You know, it's so jarring. You go from this really cool. You know, I mean, okay, let me lay out the premise in a really interesting way for you, okay? This bounty hunter barely survives working for a high-class drug lord and realizes that he's done putting his life on the line and decides to take things in his own hands. He goes to a desolate, he's on a desolate desert planet and slowly builds influence and creates an organized crime syndicate that operates with honor and fear. That's interesting. That's, that's, that's cool. Very, yes. What it does is you go from Boba Fett hanging out with like five people and that's his whole gang. And then he just has respect because he does. And then yeah. every now and then you'll go back to the sand people and the sand people are there. The sand people could be an interesting story. And it was an interesting story for some parts. It was just not paced correctly. I found myself feeling different in each episode because for some episodes you have sand people at the beginning sand people in the middle um it's just all over the place and it doesn't know what it wants to do yeah and i think i remember in to... oh yeah go ahead Anna. i think i remember in episode two it was sand people for the whole thing and then the huts came in at like for i think three minutes it was yeah, or something and the huts i thought they'd be a main villain and they just yes. weren't they just they just left. left yeah what was the point of them they they, they delivered the wookie that's like it Okay, that's that's a problem with the show. All right, that's the, you need to you need to have characters that are stable. You need, you can't just have villains there that are just there to accomplish one thing and present it as a big villain. And I gotta calm down, Siraj. Yes, take it a little bit while I calm down. I mean, yeah, for sure. I think I think being focusing mainly like on so like the second episode was entirely him solving the problem with the speed running like the speed runners and the train. Yeah, and, that, and like how they were killing off the Tuscan Raiders. And I think. Although that's interesting, having that is the entire plot point for, what, like, one-seventh of the entire show, and just having, like, intermittent spouts of him in the present, and, like, I think that's kind of what led to, like, the controversy with the whole show, but I think, kind of similar to what Sid had said, if they had focused on him accepting his new role as the daimyo of um, Mos Espa, or is that how you Espa, pronounce it? Espa, yeah. Yeah, Mos Espa, if... if if uh, the show was centered around him accepting that role and how he not only how he ruled but how uh he was able to like you know like be the daimyo and like be the man that people answer to in that city um like i think he's getting caught up too much with like finding mayor Mokshais and like kind of struggling with that like i think you have so many intermittent parts that kind of like leaves or just left hanging yeah. the viewers don't really know what's going on you know what this reminds me of the first like six episodes of the Mandalorian season two, because that oh my that God. Don't that even was started. that was a drag. That's a wonderful comparison though, because there's just so much interesting stuff that Boba Fett could be doing, building a gang from nothing. Like you have this experienced seasoned warrior who's going, Fennec, why isn't he showing me respect? I am the Daimyo here, and it's like <laughs> it's like it's like dude, he obviously doesn't respect you. 
So, you know, it's like, hey, Boba, buddy, you like put some guy, tortured him, threw him into carbonite and put him up as a wall decoration. I think you're capable of cruelty. But no, he has a code of honor now. I don't. Yeah. Ah, I don't know how I feel about it. It, it could be a good character like thing. But the other the, the running theme is if they had developed it, it could have been a good like if they had given him some experiences to have like that honor other than the sand people. You know, it could have been a really good character development, but it's just no. Now, now he's a changed man after living in the desert for a couple of years. He's and I think the biggest, after... yeah, go ahead. The the biggest driving plot point, like especially for the Mandalorian, was like there was one or two overarching things that really like drove the entire season, right? So like for season one, it was kind of like finding out and like understanding the relationship between Grogu and the, and uh, Din Djarin. But now, like with season two of Mandalorian, it was focusing on getting Grogu to where he was supposed to be and getting him to a Jedi master that could teach him how to be a Jedi, right? And that ended up, again, if you haven't finished Mandalorian or anything, it ends up being Luke Skywalker is the guy that takes him. And I think Ahsoka Tano is also the, the one that helps him out. But if, if you don't have those driving plot characteristics to kind of like help help like the viewers, like tie in the viewers for every single episode, but you're obviously going to lose some viewership there. And I think that's one of the suffering points for the Book of Boba Fett. Yeah. Speaking of The Mandalorian, let's talk about Mandalorian Season 2.5, a.k.a. like a literal episode of Boba Fett, where Boba <laughs> Fett isn't in the... Your character cannot just take a backseat in the show called The Book of Boba Fett. It's not The Book of Boba Fett and The Mandalorian. He's in an entire episode. You have, you have for anybody who doesn't know the episode, imagine a TV show about... I don't know. I don't know. Let's say, let's say, I don't know, pecans. Let's say, let's say you're watching Breaking Bad, okay? Pecans. And you're and you're watching you're watching an episode. It's all about Walter, and you're in the middle of Walter White's, you know, harrowing, you know, something, right? He's doing something that's like got you tense. The show is great, so you're always tense. You're on the edge of your seat, and in the middle of that, you cut to some side story about Saul. And it's weird, right? That's not what you do in, in, in a show. It's not what you do, okay? But they did it. They had a whole episode where it's just an episode of The Mandalorian. I'm, I loved it. It's the best episode in the show. But that's, you just don't, it's not done. You don't do that. I, it, it showed me that the show didn't have too much direction. The show didn't know what it wanted to be. And this really gave me Rise of Skywalker fan service vibes. Like, yes, yes, yes. Did Boba need his own show? I thought that going in, I felt it going out. Did he need his own show? I didn't really yeah. think so. I would have been fine if we checked back in and with Boba in an episode of The Mandalorian season three, and it, he's just established a crime syndicate. I would have accepted it. Like, I would have been like, oh, yeah. you know, I, Boba Fett, no, being Boba Fett, I don't doubt that he did that. Have maybe a, uh, a one or two minute mono or like you know not one or two but a monologue thing, yeah. why he's changed and why he decided to do this after being a bounty hunter boom that's it that's all we got to do we don't need to go through you know bureaucracy and i'm not saying the book of boba fett didn't have an interesting premise because it did it just had wasted potential the mandalorian and boba fett look so stupid in the last episode of the show the last episode of the show i know Anna, you haven't gotten there so let me describe this to you okay um, and uh, Siraj, have you gotten the last episode of the show? Oh, uh, not yet. I'm almost there. Right, let me describe this to you. Do you remember those droids in the Phantom Menace? Those ones with the blue shields around them? Yeah, yeah. I do. Yeah. Oh, like the, the, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So 
um, the there's a, there's a bounty hunter named Cad Bane. Okay, Cad Bane mm-hmm. is from the Clone Wars. Cad Bane is one of my favorite characters from the Clone yep, Wars. He's so cool, and I'll get to him in a bit. But Cad Bane teams up with the Pike Syndicate, who is just the bad guy in everything these days. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have these big metal, uh, one of those blue shield robots. It's just bigger and badder. All right, Boba Fett and the Mandalorian and this this group of of, of fighters just keep shooting at the shield over and over and over. And they're like, we have to do something. They, I swear to God, they put themselves in the most dangerous situations, okay? And they're just shooting at the shield. Then Boba Fett calls in a rancor. He calls in a rancor into the city, okay? And this is like the guy that like five minutes ago, he's like, we can't have those things drawing the city, destroying the city, Fennec. And the rancor is destroying everything. Boba, Boba, buddy, what's going on, man? Boba, that is that is like, that is that is millions of credits worth of property damage there, Boba. Okay, I just and then the and then the best part, the Rancor gets the shield down, and everybody forgets they have a gun. It's just, oh man, watching it was the most frustrating, annoying thing. It was the final episode too. It wasn't even like the second and last one, man. The final episode was the most, oh. Oh, if you guys are seeing Sid, if you guys are like listening to this, Sid is currently various levels of face palming in. So, yeah, I am. I'm very physical with my disappointment. Yeah, and I think I don't, the reason I... behind this is I think the biggest reason behind this, kind of like Sid said, is like, did Boba Fett really need a show? Right? I think no, no discredit to Disney or anything here, but I think the biggest thing that they're trying to do is they were trying to continue. They were trying to continue the Mandalorian without continuing the Mandalorian and like kind of just like getting as much as they could from that series they wanted to start their own new series with the book of boba fett but they really couldn't go any dire- in any direction with that so it kind of became from the mandalorian to a mandalorian not like not just like focusing on the, the mando that we want it's just like focusing on a different mandalorian yeah. quotation marks is boba fett <laughs> that's a good one yeah i i, I think like disney is definitely trying to milk that cash cow that star wars is and going back to what Sid said, Boba didn't. Boba's in, what, like two minutes of Empire Strikes Back and a little bit of Return of the Jedi. Correct me if I'm wrong, but like, and also he was shown he was holding his dad's head. Attack of the Clones, mm-hmm. fun fun things, but like, I feel like there are a lot more characters other than Boba Fett that could have gotten their own movie. Like isn't isn't Chewbacca what like two hundred years old or something? Chewbacca is pretty old. Okay, there's listen. Like, I don't have a problem with Boba Fett having a show because I wanted to talk about Cad Bane a bit because Cad Bane presents himself as a villain that could seriously serve to be one of the best you know antagonists to Boba in this scenario. Like, for example, Boba conflicts a lot with his past and the way he did things earlier. Um, he rever- he mentions that he's done dying or getting hurt for other people's whims, which I think is a concern that a bounty hunter would have, especially one as skilled as he is. So I think someone like Cad Bane, uh, an antagonist from his past, somebody that he's been dealing with for a long time now, um, somebody who vis- physically represents his past self because he's working for people still. He's still acting as a hired gun. He's still cruel. He's still you know, represents everything that Boba wants to leave behind after his years with the Sand People. And Cad Bane 
dies instantly. You know, I just, I just, mm. it's just a wasted opportunity. Cad Bane should have been the main villain, in my opinion, because that's a physical representation of Boba's struggle with killing an enemy that's extremely dangerous, struggle with his past and his internal conflict, and struggle for control of Tatooine. Because you can only imagine what sway a man like Cad Bane might have. I think a, a nice change for the show could have been um, making Cad Bane, yes, as part of the Pike Syndicate, but being the general, in fact, for example, chart in charge of Mos yeah. Espa. That way, Boba yeah. still connects to his goal of creating an empire in Mos Espa and simultaneously fights a villain from his past that creates our character. I think that would have established this new change in the character that we've seen from this no disintegration yes. to I have honor Fennec. I just love doing the Boba voice because it's so yes. stupid. Yeah, but, it's um, Aussie. Oh yeah, but um, completely switching gears to a character that also has changed. Let's uh, let's talk about that new Batman film. That's as we're recording, it's releasing this Saturday, but I think Sid's going to see it Friday. I might see it Saturday. Yeah. Well, so, what do you guys so... What do you guys think about the change in character from like the change in actor for Batman? What do you think the I really like the trailer for this Batman. I've got to say, like that trailer was like a straight two minutes just of like footage from the film and i i enjoyed that yeah for sure sorry i don't want i just want to add one more thing about uh as you're wrapping up disney plus here uh for those of you who are like into disney plus and the netflix marvel shows and everything i just wanted to like, kind of like update you guys um i think all the netflix shows that were marvel related uh agents of shield punisher uh iron fist daredevil all those shows i think jessica something i forgot i'm not sure the jones, exact name jessica jones. jessica jones that's what it is all those shows are coming now to disney plus i believe on march 16th so for those of yep. you keeping score at home uh if you didn't get to finish any of those shows i am one of those people i didn't get to finish agents of shield all the way through but uh be sure to check out those new shows yep. coming to disney plus on march 16th and now we're going to transition fully into batman okay so i wanted to comment what anand said there i was very skeptical about batman at first I don't know what to think. Um, I didn't, I was kind of taken aback by Robert Pattinson as Batman. He seemed a bit emo to me, but I am a huge Batman fan. Like I've read so many, I've read Batman comics everywhere. I love the character. I'm fascinated with his origin. I'm fascinated with his, his daily life and I'm fascinated with his character and where it ends up. And I think that Robert Pattinson, this movie might represent an early Batman. I know it does. Uh, represent an early Batman and early into his years. But I wanted to talk to you guys about a comic called Batman Year One. And it, as the name suggests, it's the first year that Bruce Wayne is Batman. His origin, and it's, it's his first year of operation as the Batman, where he's establishing himself, the myth, the legend. And in it, you can see Bruce Wayne isn't really Bruce Wayne. He is only Batman. That, that kind of idea of you know, the, the billionaire, charming Bruce Wayne and the, the dark knight on the other side isn't developed yet. He hasn't realized mm -hmm. the reason for that, that alter ego. And I think that the, the kind of emo-ness that Robert Pattinson brings to Bruce Wayne um, kind of shows that this is really an early Bruce Wayne. So we might be seeing not the origin of the Batman here, but the origin of Bruce Wayne, the philanthropist. Mm. So I think that's an interesting idea that I wanted to see explored. I heard rumors that the Batman will have 
internal monologues because Bruce maybe keeps a diary, which I love because I wanted to I wanted to mention that Batman is never the most interesting character in his movies. Yeah, he's not. The Dark Knight Rises. I mean, the Dark Knight Joker is the most interesting character in that movie. Batman Begins. Yeah, Bruce Wayne is kind of interesting. And the Dark Knight Rises. I'm more fascinated with Tom Hardy's weird Bane voice than I am with Bruce. Yeah. Wayne. So, um, Sid, Sid think, would you would you grace us with with the uh, with, with the Bane, Bane voice? With I would the Bane love voice. to. Hang on, hang on. Batman, you merely adopted the dark. <laughs> I was born in it, molded <laughs> by it. Okay, that's a little bit, a little snippet, but yes, yeah, yes. No, that's that's. I have been Tom treated Hardy's to this voice and on numerous occasions and i felt like that y'all should experience its greatness but also the riddler presents a really really interesting villain in this new batman and i i feel like it can't quite compare to heath ledger's joker but i feel like it may come close just because like the similarity of their characters or like their new take on the Riddler for sure well yeah for sure i mean this guy like the, the way they're portraying the riddler is like just straight oh, up like yeah. demented, right? Like he this guy not, is insane. Is a, a goofy mad. He's not a goofy mad really guy, you know. Yeah, yeah like this guy's so a straight funny. up like serial killer. Like I think what I'm most excited for in this movie is the detective side of Batman, right? We we've never seen this before. Like we've seen like the combat side and all his tech and that kind of stuff, but with this we're seeing if the Riddler is leaving clues and leaving all these like riddles and stuff that Batman has to solve in order to find the Riddler and like take him down, right? But mm-hmm. we've never seen like him like solving the mystery. We've seen him just like straight up like throwing hands and all that kind of stuff but I'm, I'm, I'm really most excited for him being able to solve the mysteries with commissioner gordon and that like that chemistry between them yeah i think i think definitely that this movie sets up bruce wayne to be the most interesting character in his own movie which is something that is integral because if in any batman comic bruce wayne is the most interesting character because you have those boxes of internal monologue where he's talking to himself and in those boxes you see some real character tropes in um for example the court of owls in the beginning of that story he gets trapped in a maze and is there for days and is quietly going insane but it's that internal monologue that reveals a truth about batman and i think reading it is some of the most interesting batman introspection i've yeah. seen in a while especially that of, I'll always recommend the comic, um, The Dark Knight Returns, which is not, shouldn't be your first Batman comic because it's a very uh, uh, radical take on the Batman, but it represents a key aspect of Bruce Wayne's identity and that he's just insane, as insane as the people he catches because, mm. you know, he, he's just as insane as, as the Joker or anybody else. And it represents an interesting idea. And I think seeing that internal monologue could, um, establish that then again it's just a rumor and it might not happen and i think the movie has some serious potential to be a real masterpiece and kind of pop the the dark night it does also like represent a new direct like a new kind of rebound for dc because Mm -hmm. as we well remember the last the last few dc movies have have not been it oh yeah no dc has been coming back after after zack snyder's justice justice league and I, i recently finished peacemaker I think DC is really coming into its own. Yeah, like with Black Adam, what the yeah, Flash, Aquaman. Well. Yeah, there's going to be a lot more things. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, they're good. But I mean, all in all, the the state of popular media has been kind of a buzz recently. We have 
Batman coming out and we the the, the effect that Spider-Man has left on us is kind of carrying through to right now. Um, mm -hmm. I think in general, we have a lot to look forward to. I know I'm looking forward to Kenobi, especially. That series yes. is yes. one of the things that can can redeem Star Wars for me right now. I mean, I'm not in a good place after Boba Fett. I think you've noticed that after my, <laughs> I don't know, tirade there. But I, I think that doing Kenobi right, seeing Hayden Christensen again, could really, you know, do it for me. I could really, I could really fall into that. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. I'm looking forward to Batman coming out this week. And, you know, I'm just in general excited for what's to come with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. Um, any closing thoughts, you guys? I mean, yeah, for sure. There's, there's just so much going on and like there's, it's, it's so much that you can't really like ignore it, right? Like in any universe, in any production study, you have some, some movies going on. I think it's important to like be part of that culture, be part of like that understanding like even if it's not something that like captivates you and interests you at first i'd always say just just give it a try right like yeah. uh with moon knight especially like coming out for example like even if you don't even know who that is like just give the show a try because it re you may you may find that it really like appeals to you so just in enjoy these new movies coming out enjoy these tv shows and have have a, a different perspective on it a different lens a different lens a yes different lens. Sorry, you missed a key, a key point where you could have plucked our show name. <laughs> but anyway, uh, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of A Different Lens with a little, a little more lighthearted than our last episode. Um, we have, we're actually undergoing a change. We're going to switch from a weekly upload schedule to a bi-weekly, a bi-monthly upload schedule to accommodate our very busy high school schedules because high school junior year is no joke. So... Thank you all so much for listening and we hope you we hope to see you in our next episode. Bye guys. Thank Goodbye. you guys. Thank you for listening.